Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, that's a big check. Well, obviously, you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. I want to tell you about a podcast I'm really liking. It's called 27 Club. It's hosted by Jake Brennan, the creator and host of Disgraceland. 27 Club tells the stories of musical icons who all died at the age of 27. And season one is all about Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy died at 27, and he lived a life unlike any other. He was pretty busy. He was busy getting kidnapped, busy running from the mafia, busy stealing trucks with Neil Young, trying to get to Woodstock on time, dosed with LSD by his manager on stage in front of thousands, and haunted by the ghosts of the Rolling Stones' Brian Jones. 
All these Jimi Hendrix stories and more are coming at you in Season 1 of The 27 Club. You can subscribe to The 27 Club on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. At Osiris, we know that many of our listeners are making it out to live music shows all the time, and we love that. We want to help connect you with the artists and music you love so those live experiences are even more meaningful. We also want to make sure music fans stay safe when they're out there having fun. The unregulated sale and use of substances is common at many live music events, and unfortunately, so is drug misrepresentation. That's why we're proud to partner with Dance Safe to raise awareness about this danger. Dance Safe is a nonprofit organization that provides screening services, peer based education, and support to help people make informed decisions about their health and safety. Dance Safe prevents harm from consumption of misidentified substances for thousands of people every year. When you're out there seeing your favorite artists, dance like nobody's watching. But dance safe because your life may depend on it. To donate or learn more, visit dancesafe.org and look out for their booth at your next live music show. Hey, everybody. It's the Helping Friendly Podcast. That was Brad breathing, showing us that you can still breathe. Jonathan, can you breathe? I can breathe. I breathe. Matt, breathing? I am cautiously breathing. Okay, good. We're here. It's episode 172. We are here and um, we're back. Um, We can talk about fish stuff for a minute, but but there's not a lot of stuff going on except new songs all over the place. But I guess we can, should we get into that and then tell people what the episode's about later? Yeah, let's talk about there's there's new songs. I heard new songs. Jonathan, what's going on? I don't know. Trey's like stuck at home and posting songs that he wrote sometime at some point um, onto his Instagram, and also there are pictures of his cat. So uh, Instagram is the place to be right now. Um, there's what like seven new songs. Plus there's the amphibian tune that came out yeah. today. Dude, so, so much. It's pretty rad. Uh, they're cool. Um, I'd like to hear them as fish songs with the fish band, but you know, maybe someday. Maybe someday. I agree. Maybe. I think that's going to work. That's my mantra right now. Matt, which one did you like the best? Uh, I think probably the, um, the latest one, uh, I never left home or I never leave home or whatever. Um, uh, great is, name. is pretty awesome. Um, that long one Lotus is a lot to take in. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, the latest one, it's like concise and rocking and well thought out and good. Brad, Brad, is it dead? Is it, a, is it dead rock or is it, is it quality dead rock? Is it regular? Yeah, dead it was rock? like, I think it was like contemporary dead rock up until that last, the last joint came out. It's a little darkish or, you know, the last one. I liked it. Yeah. Lotus was good. There's some good parts. There's, you know, there's some good transitions that are very Trey. Um, I like the acoustic kind of at the end, um, how he, he was layering that in. Have you guys been doing anything? So, I just want to hang on. I just want to give RJ props on that really stellar transition. <laughs> I'm just serious. I don't know what has been going on. Jonathan's been gardening. People are like taking up new hobbies. I'm just trying to like take a shower. Like if I if I take a shower, it's like a huge, huge, huge celebration. Um, but are you guys feeling okay? Are you guys all feeling all right? No. 
<laughs> suggested. I'm not going to lie here. Totally no, uh, it's it's a stressful, weird time. The gardening is not a new hobby. It's just what we do in the spring. Um, but no, I, I, yeah. no, I said you were gardening. People took up new hobbies. There was supposed to be yeah, a comma in between. Oh, I see. I I did I, I missed that in the script. Uh, that's good. <laughs> I see that there now. Sorry. Yeah, our scripts um, are almost as developed as our as our as our, tech. As our repartee. Um, no, you know, I'm like working from but here and working from home was the dream, except now that the kids are here the whole time, it's less a dream. And, you know, yes. we haven't taken up trying to attempt to school the children in my house. I know others have. And God bless them. Um, what's Doesn't going on with work. you, Brad? You have some new uh, personal decor, right? You, should, you were showing us on the camera there. Yeah, so... Um... Well, last night we had a we we got dressed up for a fancy dinner, um, without leaving the house. That was, and part of my my dressing up and being fancy was I got my fingernails painted by my seven year old Shirley. Awesome. Um, one of Shirley's qualities is she's not very patient. Um, so they're like they're almost painted. So, but listen, I appreciate appreciated the uh, five minutes of downtime. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm sure she will learn patience from you, Brad. It's very, yeah, oh, very yeah, kind totally. of you to uh, indulge her. It's good, Dad. So, I mean, you know, what else? Like, I've I've been on the west side of my backyard, and I've been on the east side of my backyard. <laughs> both of those, a lot recently. Like both of those places, a lot. Um, yeah, we got yeah. a um, we we have a pool in our backyard, but um, we we got an inflatable pool that we put on the driveway today because Makes we, needed, we needed something to do. We needed something to do. So yeah. Why don't you just go swim in the regular pool? Yeah. Well, I, it was, that would, um, that would just be too easy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that would make sense, RJ. Yeah. yeah. Matt, what kind of hobbies have you taken up? I saw you knitting on Instagram live. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's crocheting actually. RJ, okay. there's, there's a difference. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. quite a difference, the hook versus the needle. I'm doing a lot of uh, staring out my front door at the rest of the neighborhood. Um, and, uh, you know, um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. Well, a really Come good on. update. RJ, really what, what, you? what have you what been doing, you, man? I yeah, told you, what? man. It's just try, nope. to get, try to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, keep our kids alive and um, make podcasts. Like those are those are the goals. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. You have taken the drop from a weekly thing to a six days a week short podcast. I'm sure that's super easy to do. Um, how's I, I'm liking it. How, how's it feel? Um, it's it's a good time to take on a new project. You know, um, mm. <laughs> really good time. <laughs> no, we. I feel like. Heard that. I feel like it's good. It's like, you know, people are, I mean, not the content. The idea is good. I don't know if the content's good, but, you know, telling people what's up. Have you, thank, thank you, Jonathan. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, like, have you guys watched a bunch of streaming shows? Like, there's so much out there and there's so much going on. It's kind of hard to keep track, which is one of my motivations. Jonathan, have you found a good way to keep track? I'm just watching Tiger King on a loop. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I mean, like, I, I've actually, I, I tweeted this the other day, and I honestly have found I don't really have that much more time, unlike everybody on Twitter seems to. Yeah. It's It seems like my life is, it's ch- changed. It's more stressful, but it's very similar. Um, 
But I did get to watch the John T do a live stream this afternoon, which is groovy. I love those guys. So nice. Matt, have you watched a bunch of streaming stuff? Anything good? Uh Tiger King, like everybody else. Um I've been I've been doing it up with Joe Exotic. Uh which is great that that, that, that came at this that point. That has really weird connotations there, Matt. Just- <laughs> Hey Check man. Yourself. Hey, listen. I was just thinking maybe they could use a fourth, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. So I, I think the difference that I would say is that while I usually don't have time for any of this streaming stuff because at night is when I get this kind of stuff done, podcast work and things like that. Um, I'm now able to shift some of those things to the daytime and to break up uh, family time and work and things like that. Like you, Jonathan, I don't have a whole lot of extra free time. Like I, you know, started this whole period out with like dreams of like, you know, learning a new skill on the guitar or, you know, listening to my entire record collection front to back or something like that. And like, I just don't have the time for any of that stuff, particularly now that my family is all home all the time. Um, but I, the one thing that I have been able to do is actually free up some time to watch TV at night, which I don't usually have. So, uh, thank you, Joe exotic. I I will say I have, um, this is a little plug. I have found time to record some of my original songs and stupid little Instagram videos. So if you find my they're, personal they're Instagram, good. you will see them. That's kind of easy. We can, you. we can put a link in the show notes for people who want to do that. That's unnecessary. If you if you want it, you'll find it. It's not a secret. <laughs> I, liked right, your, not... Um, I liked your fashion show as well, Jonathan. I thought it was nice. <laughs> we like will not... Yes, yes. Listeners, we care too much about you to to guide you to Jonathan's Instagram page. You're going to have to find it yourself. Um, all right. So, guys, we're going to do an episode today. I mean, we don't have to really talk about tours and stuff. That's sort of like, wh- what's what's your guys' best guess on the next, well, the date of the next live show you're going to see? I'm not even trying. Oh, man. I hope it's this summer. Like Fall. I was thinking like October 1st or something. You think October? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you think August. I, you I, and Matt I'm are in hoping, summer. I'm hoping for August. I'm hoping. I'm hoping like late August. That'd be nice. Yeah, I, what I'm hoping is that like by mid to late summer, some kind of one-off stuff springs up. I, I I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I really do think that all the tours and stuff we're planning on seeing this summer is all going to get canceled. Um, it seems yeah. seems pretty likely at this point. Um, and so you know maybe we get to a place by. July or August where tours have been canceled. There's no shows on the books, but we're allowed to start congregating. And so maybe some small venues are allowed to have stuff. So, you know, maybe around here we start to see some local DC bands, um, you know, throwing up shows. Hopefully my band can start playing again this summer or things like that. Yeah. So we'll see, man. It's uh, I think that's the, the big problem is just the, like the unknown, right? I mean, like nobody has any idea what's going to happen and it's all kind yeah. of fluid. I mean, the, the best way for this to work is for us to stay home longer, uh, which kind of sucks on so many levels, but, you know, that's that gives us the best result for the most humans. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to rush out to that first concert in uh, early June or whatever it is anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think probably probably fall might be a safe bet. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. Like maybe we get a classic, like epic, you know, early October to all the way through December fall tour for the fish. You talk? Oh, you mean from the fish band? Yeah, that'd that be would sweet. 
That would be rad. I mean, I will say that like if like if if the shows that have already been rescheduled stick to their new dates, October is going to be fucking awesome <laughs> because everybody yeah. moved their shit to yeah. October and it's like shows that I yeah. was going to see over a 3 or 4 month period like are all in October now. So, um it's it'll be rocktober indeed. I'll be moving my two week vacation from uh, early from May until to October, so I can have a few weeks to see shows and recover. But I thought the the remix that Tom did of uh, his amphibian song with the new Trey solo I thought was really cool. I just saw that today for the first time, so people should check that out. We can link to that because I think it's on Facebook. Although maybe you saw it on Instagram, Jonathan. Um, I somebody sent me a link and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it was rad. It was cool. All right, so. We are in the need for feel-good music, and so we're going to do an episode. Finally, we're going we're gonna to do this episode, guys, um, about feel-good jams. We each chose a jam, and um, when we came up with the idea, I thought it was going to be pretty easy, but um, it's not very easy. Did you guys find it not easy to choose one? Um, Matt, did you find it not easy or easy? Well, so I guess, you know, the the idea here was that we were trying to, like, cheer each other up with fish jams and share something that a fish jam that cheers us up. Um, and, and we ended up pissing each other off instead. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> you ended up arguing. <laughs> um, I think, I think though, like almost the, broke up the band. The, the <laughs> challenge though, like I think, you know, from my end was um, that there's so much fish music that cheers me up. It's like, what do you pick? Like, how do you pick like one thing that, um, is like the go-to that like, you know, can lift you up. So I, I, I had my own specific angle that I took, uh, that I'll share, uh, on that. And I'm sure you guys had your own approach to that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think what we'll discover, you know, having, knowing now what you guys selected and what I selected is, uh, we all have different things about the fish music that, uh, will cheer us up and we all kind of took different approaches. So, um, a challenging task, but one that's good. And we're also going to do something a little bit different, um, that we haven't necessarily done for a while. Sometimes people approach us and they say, Hey, uh, you guys haven't, you guys used to put like whole sets at the end of your podcast and you don't really do that anymore. And normally we say, yeah, I mean like, you know, you didn't have like fishing and recap, you know, re-listen and all that kind of stuff back in the day. So like who needs to download three hours of podcasts when you can just listen to us talk and then go listen on your own. But we're going to actually include, we're going to have like a mega mix, a mega bliss mix at the end of here. So you can listen to us <laughs> talk about it and then you, you can go get, go on and get happy in, uh, in the way that we all talked about. Yeah, we tell people when people say that we say, "What do you? This is not a music podcast. This is a talking about music podcast. It's way more interesting." And then people <laughs> way different. It's also and then people different. unsubscribe. Um, Brad and Jonathan, I went once. I started thinking about the jam I wanted. I started realizing that the feel good jam provided, at least in my mind, like two separate directions. There's like the hose jams, and then there's like the bliss jams, which are not necessarily always the same. But when I thought about it i immediately went to like a blissful jam but then yeah the more i thought about it i'm like actually there's different kinds of jams that make me feel good and that's the end of my ted talk but jonathan or brad i don't know if you guys felt that at all a lot of fish doesn't really wrap me up like a warm blanket on a cold night i mean a lizards can make me cheerful and sometimes that feeling could come from something like a, a peak bliss jam like that was at a hampton 2018 simple is that is the simple yeah, yeah that was a thing uh, or whatever, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I, I went to the place that just feels most emotional. 
uh, because the thing that makes me feel good is emotional release. So, you know, it may not be a happy song per se, but it, it my pick has that kind of vibe. So how about you, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the place I go to automatically for uh, what we're talking about or where, where I initially thought we would go is, is a bunch of hairy hoods, you know, uh, but none of us actually picked a hood, which is kind of funny. Um, but I get I get that emotional response, I think, most most regularly from a hood. Um, Seems too obvious, us, right? Yeah. Well, and none of us went there. I think it's it's kind of um, it's kind of what you expect from maybe those songs. Uh, and, and to RJ's point, I was I was conflicted about, you know, do I want that warm feeling or do I want that like uppity where Trey can take you, especially back in one point oh. Um, when he's just, you know, full steam ahead, watch out for all those in the way. Um, so, um, I, I went kind of in between, I think I, I tried to, I, I, I tried to land in the middle of those two things. Jonathan, it's interesting. You say about fish, like not always being a, a warm blanket on a cold night. I can I remember when I was getting into music and I was listening to a lot of fish and a lot of the dead at this, you know, at similar times, not at the same time. Cause that would have been confusing, but it, it'll mess with your ears a little. Although if you play American Beauty and Rift at the same time backwards, it's fucking awesome. That, that will um, change your life for sure. But I, <laughs> I used to think that like the dead struck me as so much more emotional, you know, it, like every song had like kind of an emotional tinge to it. And Fish felt more just like, I guess at that time when I was learning it, it was more like prog rock and jams. And um, I kind of learned the emotional side of Fish much later on. But I think at first I was like, yeah, this is not for that. But then I was so I was corrected I th- over time. I think that um, that's like the initial look, right? You think of fish, yeah, well, it's more prog rock. But then you, as you get into them, you find places where there, where obviously there are evoking emotions. But then the further you get into it, they also begin to connect with you in ways that you didn't anticipate before. Like I mentioned, lizards before, and so. First time I heard lizards, I was like, oh, this is peppy or whatever. But now if I hear lizards, it's like, it's a big deal for me because um, it, it's it's takes me to when, you know, 1994 or whatever. It makes me feel like a child and happy and whatever. So it has its own emotional resonance, whereas the dead's uh, emotional resonance is uh, very accessible, if that makes sense, without, you know, yeah. putting them down. Uh, I, I think it's easy to uh, pick up on that from the words or, you know, Jerry Solo. Um, I, I mean, when you first brought this up, I said, well, I know what my pick is this subject here for this show. I said, my pick, Stella Blue, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not. I sort of got in trouble on the internet for comparing Fish and the Dead recently. And maybe I shouldn't get into it, although people told me I should. Um one of the reasons is exactly what you just said, which is like, I've come around to the emotional, I feel like Fish has become a more emotional band the longer they've been around. And part of that is Trey's like more kind of like, you know, authentic uh, communication via lyrics and stuff like that. But I feel like even musically, like Beneath the Sea of Stars, I think is a perfect example of their music becoming a little bit more emotional than maybe a song that was written 10 or 20 years ago. But it also just sounds like Dark Star to me. So that's that's maybe not fair, but you guys know what I'm saying? Like I feel like they've become more emotionally communicative through their music over the years. 
Was that always there? They've come a long way since Coyote. No, it wasn't always there. But it, I think it was, but it was it, not the way it is now. So I, I would say the one, here's one of the things, here's one of the things I want to add, and I, I want to kind of like, I wanted to put in at some point, and this is a good spot. I think Trey's vocals, his, not, not so much his lyrics, but yes, his lyrics, but also his vocals. I don't know if he's paying more attention to them or practicing more, or he's got, he's got like a Luciano Pavarotti, you know, coming by. But like, I think there's, he's so much better. It, it, it sounds so much better. And and not not that it didn't sound good before, but man, I, I really like uh, his range and his like um, his delivery. That's all. He's more emotive. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, hitting the notes it. or not, you know, whether he, and and he's missed them in the past, and he misses them now, and he hits them in the past, and he hits them now. But he's more emotive either way. And and again, I think what RJ was speaking to, he's also writing stuff he and tom are you know they're writing stuff where the emotions are more on the surface yeah mm. I, well in the whole ghost of the forest i mean it's all basically i Obviously. think one large emotion <laughs> maybe <laughs> many just a single maybe many one. of them <laughs> brad do you want to kick us off with with your feel good jam what makes you what makes you feel good i picked one from summer 97 which is not fall 97 i know it's difficult for some people to process, but there there was other music in '97, and uh, it's from a little run that RJ and I did. Are uh, from I, I guess there's a, a background as there probably is to everyone's feel good fish jam. But um, RJ and I did a little run uh, after we graduated um, high school in in summer '97, and this is from a show from Deer Creek, August 10th '97. Uh, Deer Creek, and uh, it's the cities from the second set. That's really long and really. Uh, uh, I don't want to uh, patient. I guess maybe is a word, but um, it's it's it develop it, it's developing. How's that? that? That's a good word to describe it. <laughs> it's a developing jam um, that's twenty four minutes long, and um, it's got everything I, I really like, and it really takes me back to that place and time. Um, which was a carefree place when I didn't have to stay in my house all the time. Brad, your your selection is uh, interesting. And, and to go back to what I was kind of hinting at before, I found that I think we all, when we were trying to figure out like what fish makes us happy or gets us blissed out or whatever, probably took different approaches to it. And you just answered one of my questions because when on the surface, when I hear you talk about that cities, I'm like, I would never listen to that jam ever if I would like needed to have my soul lifted up. Like that's, I listen to that if I'm like, let's get, let's get weird, man. Let's get fucking yeah. weird here. But what you just said there is, is really interesting because for you, it's not about the musical content per se. It's about the emotional connection that you have to that time of your life and having been there and, and the sort of carefree spirit that you had. Is that, is, am I kind of like, grasping no, that that's correctly right. yeah so there's a there, there's a little bit of that in there and there's a little bit of the 97 you know cow funk that also takes me back to that period of time that i really love um but there's also at the end of the jam it's again it's 20 some minutes long 24 minutes long um there's some hose at the end of it you know what i mean it, it takes them a while to get there and it's not long and it's not uh out of this world but um it that that like a, maybe a minute or two really gives me that feeling. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of all of it. I think you have to have something else tied to it um, 
than just the music for it to be super special, right? They can all be special, but like, for, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah. I, I want to hear what RJ had, because he was there with you, right? I want to hear what RJ has to say about yeah. these cities. That was a great run. It was it was actually the last time I saw Fish four nights in a row was that that four show run, because they were all four in a row, which was not, yeah. um, there were no breaks. And the the that was the first time, first and only time I saw them four nights in a row until Mexico this year. I just realized that when, when we were in Mexico. And that was fun, but I had more energy in 1997. I don't know why. But yeah, <laughs> everybody we were was like, younger. We were like camping and hanging out and having fun. This show was was way better than the last show, like the the next night, Deer Creek. Yeah, that, yeah and yeah. you know, I think the Alpine show was really fun because it was Alpine, and it was a really good show. But this this was like kind of the most memorable show of those four that we saw, and um, yeah, it was really fun. We had like some really weird and good times. Um, I didn't. I didn't like you, the. I think I've meant, I've mentioned it, but I, I didn't like the Alpine show because that, that, uh, Were you on the mule, lawn. No, the son of the mule just ruined it. Like I, I, I was like, I was running from something that I, I, that wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like uh, it was not, it, it just, it was bad. Man. I don't know why that bad. happened, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's never happened to any of us. I we nope. can't relate at all. <laughs> no, that was that's a that's a good point. That was crazy yeah. though. That was a really fun fun time. Um, uh, Matt, Jonathan, do you know? Do you, is this a show you go back to? Uh, not often, but I mean, I listened to it today, and I was like, oh hell yes, summer '97 cities. I mean, I probably go to the went if I go to summer '97, honestly. But that it's not to the to diminish anything else from the tour. This is great stuff. And so I put it on. I was like, "Yeah, I will happily submit." Um, and I could lay back in the space of this jam for a long time, which Fish did, and so it was pretty they cool. Did. <laughs> um, and they there was did. this bit, kind of late. I guess it's the hosey bit, you know, where they could have gone into sanity or a limb by limb. It felt like a little bit of both of those things. And then, and then there's is a theremin in that, like yeah, there was a theremin. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm jealous that you got to see Paige on the theremin. I've never seen him. I saw him approach the theremin at, at, during the Baker's Dozen, but then Trey started some other song and he wandered off, um, which crushed me, by the way. I've probably talked about it before. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty this is pretty great. Um, that's a really good pick, Brad. I, I'm, I'm, Thanks, man. So that's one of the one of the other things about this show itself. I think, number one, I would tell people to make sure they've got headphones or earbuds in um because i think pages layering his like little spacey overlays are really good and that includes a theremin um and and you can really get those with something over your ears um i think mike is really beautiful in a subtle way um and uh it, it again it takes a while you got to be patient with it but by the end there's a really nice heavy groovish hosey you know it's it's not it's not one or the other i don't think but it's it's a it's a nice place it's a nice place to be it's worth noting that um this is the show and actually probably this jam is probably is the jam that led to the infamous uh pissing in their ears uh review uh that mark allen wrote uh shout out to tapes archive uh fellow osiris podcasts um uh, great, great interviews, but yeah, that, that legendary interview, um, which is probably part of why I made my comment earlier that like, if I want to get weird and go into like deep fish, I'll, I'll go there, but you've made a really great case for this being a, like kind of an uplifting jam to listen to. Everybody's going to, everybody's going to believe it when they listen to it in a little bit. 
I would never have uh, someone, you know, introducing someone to fish and be like, oh, here's this city. Here's this 24 minute cities <laughs> from Deer Creek, right? <laughs> so, yeah. This, I, this is for pros, but anybody listening to this is not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Are there casual fans that listen to a fish podcast? This is for serious, real fish fans, right? Mm, we don't point. know. We we just started, so we'll we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. <laughs> see who shows up. Do other people listen to this podcast? I don't I mean, know. Anyone? I, I, I don't even listen <laughs> yeah. to it. That I know much. Brad does. This is a podcast. I thought we were just doing a Zoom call. <laughs> I, let's let's move this along uh, as we're going to yes. talk about all these. Can we can we go to Matt's now? Let's jump forward in time and let Matt tell us about his jam. Yeah, so I, I, t- I mentioned earlier I had a, a tough time picking a jam because there's so much fish that makes me really happy. And um, so I decided to get a little bit more specific about like the approach that I would take and make it more specific to like right now and what is making me happy right now. And one of the things that's kind of helping me keep my spirits up uh, has been exercise. I've been going for long runs like every other day. Um, and you know, cause I can't go to the gym, things like that. And it's also helps me like get some outdoor time, like, you know, that's not just in my front or backyard. Um, so thinking about the fish jams that I listen to when I work out, cause like I do have like a fish jams playlist that I've got like specific jams that tend to peak at like really good times to help you push into new zones and whatnot. Um, and which of those would be really appropriate. And so I picked one that, um, just always is kind of like old reliable for me. I throw it in to part of my workout and it's just like amazing and helps me, um, kind of push through. And that's the, uh, the light from Baderfield, uh, 2012 Atlantic city, um, which also contains, uh, Manteca in the middle of it. And it also has callbacks to the earlier cross-eyed and painless in that set. And, um, this jam, it's very, it builds to a great peak. Um, the Manteca always makes me smile great playing. But one of the other things is like the, the peak of this jam is so strong and it's so like flawless and, and seems so coordinated. Like I feel like with this jam, um, as opposed to the cities we just talked about, I totally would play this for a fish noob. And I also would fully expect that if I played this for a fish noob, they, they would probably have a hard time believing that it was improvised because the whole thing seems like so together. And like during the peak of it, it's like, you know, Trey starts singing parts of light again and they're singing parts of cross-eyed and painless again. And Paige switches to the organ at just the right time to kind of build this incredible peak. Um, what I didn't think about before until Brad was talking is that there might be a little bit of personal nostalgia there because I, you know, I was at the show. I loved it. I loved the jam at the time. And so maybe it's kind of taken me back a little bit to that night. Um, but I just think it's just such a great piece of playing. Um, it, it, it really just kind of builds and builds and builds and it's, it's a fun tempo and it's got a, uh, you know, a really explosive peak. Um, so I, I love it. It, It makes me happy. What do you guys think? Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I I listened to this and I was like, 2012 fish, come on. Yeah, I was a little skeptical going in because uh, I never put on 2012 fish on purpose. And um, also, I will say Atlantic City is a, a terrible place, so it's nice of them to play some uplifting music and dope jams for all the people who went to, you know, who went there. <laughs> um but this light, you know, light in general is chill and fine, and this one is is that, and then it stretches and stretches, 
uh, directly into this like brief little Menteca, which is cool. It's really cool. And it grooves just outward. And if it weren't for the end where they start singing light lyrics, I would think that it's ridiculous to go ahead and call this part, the set, the jam after Menteca light, but it's a great jam. It's got a little rock to it. Uh, Trey's peaking it, but fish is still driving. So they don't, there's no like hold on the thing. It's really cool. Solid work all around, honestly. And, um, the gratuitous cross-sided painless quotes with Trey singing light under that. That stuff's really cool, man. This is a lot of fun, and I can I can see why you dig it. I dig it, in fact. I, I dig it. So thank you for picking it. I had a lot of fun listening to it, even though it's 2012 Fish. How can you shit on 2012 Fish? I saw, like, uh, starting with AC, I saw, like, a whole, like, 10 days worth of shows in a row on that run. It's one of the best fish runs I've ever done. Um, I'm glad you had fun. Oh, my. Oh, it's no, dude, not, dude, music. It's a little bit underrepresented. Oh yeah, I think it's a little underrecognized. Baderfield and then Portsmouth. The Portsmouth shows; those were the Portsmouth shows with the "You Suck at Tucking" um, stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, it culminated in Star Lake the following Saturday night, which had the another stellar light, which is what became that song "You Never Know" uh, that was played in AC, oh, right. AC Halloween as part of the Wingsuit set. Um, yeah, that whole week, and then of course you have. The Dicks run, which was just featured on the first dinner in a movie with the Fuck Your Face show. I was just going to say that I, I think the Dick show is cool. Yeah, I was going to. Um, <laughs> I one of one of my favorite jams that takes me to a happy place, and I wasn't I wasn't even in attendance. Was is that Undermined from that show that they they played last Tuesday? Uh, it's it's a wonderful jam that makes me happy, and it's 2012 Fish. So, you know, someone uh, I know said. It's funny when they listened to that show last Tuesday, they said, it's funny that you can hear them. It takes a while to get to jams. They're, they're, they weren't as fluid then as they are now. And I mean, compare that to the 97 jam we just played, or, we, you know, you'll listen to. Um, it's kind of a, it's a, a stark comparison. But um, I, I liked this. I was surprised as well, Matt, that you picked a 2012 jam. Uh, but when I listened to it, I said, oh, now I know why he picked it. Um in my mind, 2012 kind of starts with the Dicks run. And I was yeah. at these Baderfield shows, and it was fun. Um, the first night, my friend Patrick gave me something, some kind of thing that I ate, and, and then I ended up way in the back walking around and running from things. But um, God damn it, Patrick. <laughs> you know, were, were they there? <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> they were never there. <laughs> I remember actually staring at this, like, man, remember those, like, installations they had way in the back, like, of lights around a big, like, kind of like a carousel, but not not actually, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was similar to, like, um, at Fest 8, how they had those things that shot fire up into the air. It was, like, the same, similar kind of thing. Anyway, I was sort of wandering around there. But I think what Jonathan was trying to say, or at least what I was going to say, and maybe I'm saying this not on Jonathan's behalf is like, I think this early 2012, really after listening to a jam like this, you realize that they're actually getting to the point where Dix happens, not that Dix was like the start of the new era, you know, because 2013 is like 2013 is amazing. And every show in 2013 is almost amazing. So 2012 is, um, this made me realize that maybe it started earlier than I give it credit for. Certainly Dix 2012 didn't happen in isolation, but uh, other than that, I don't really go to this year. So thank you, Matt. There's obviously like a, a spoiler here about the, the jams that make us feel good. And, and um, well, well, we'll get to it. But Matt, you also saw two of the last three official Mantecas. So congratulations. I have seen the last three Mantecas and the four of the last five. So 
Jesus. You, you son of a bitch. I'm jealous. I'm not actually mad. I don't hate you. Manteca has only been played 16 times live ever. God damn it. And I've seen four of them. So I'm in the 25% club for Manteca. You're a son of a gun. I'm my hat's off to you. And I throw it at you like odd job and it will remove your head. RJ. You've got a, a pick that should engender a little bit of conversation. People have heard of this one, I think. Why don't Maybe. you tell us about it? Um, when I started thinking about this, um, I had an immediate thought, and then I like went through 17 secondary thoughts, and then I came back to the immediate thought, which I guess is the way it's supposed to be. First thought, best thought. I also think it's the way you approach most things, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> thank, th- thank you, I think. Um <laughs> I'm sure that that's a compliment. Um, yeah, so the the Camden '99 chalk dust torture. It's to me, it's like the it's my it's my favorite fish jam next to next to one that we've talked about before. But um, there's so much going on in the in, in this version. I happen to be at this show, but but I will say that I don't remember this being as mind blowing as it became later on so that's you, sort you're of still you're stealing my rhymes here dude that's my that's mm. my line oh shit I, I, I dropped the script hold on okay all right <laughs> all right i got it back um one thing that i think is cool about this jam is that there's like like mike particularly they keep like going kind of like going into like a minor key and then coming back to like the main theme and they're kind of like they keep going back and forth and kind of fucking around and then finally it just soars into this beautiful beautiful bliss um do you notice that the kind of like back and forth that that mike and trey are doing there's it seems like there's like a lot of happening in the first i don't know six minutes or so before it gets into like the really blissful part of the jam it's really fun jonathan what what's wrong with this pick nothing's wrong with this pick because it's your pick (laughs) um i mean i'm on record about this this song right i I, we've talked about it on this show before I was there, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. I don't, I didn't remember it. Like years later, people were like, oh, the Camden chalked us. And I was like, what show was that? Oh, I was at that. I remember the tweezer from that night. There's a 20 minute tweezer on this show. Also good. Very good. Which very, I enjoyed, I think, spicy. at the time more. Um, yeah. But whatever. Uh, well. It's basically chalked us for like nine and a half minutes. And then, which is cool. It's a good groove, and they lay into it. And then uh, Trey does some stuff that the audience really responds to with these, like you know, like holds these sustained notes, and it's cool peaky guitar action over a rocking tempo. I do like how it quiets down after like twelve minutes. Um, Trey's either repeating this riff, or he's got it looping, or whatever, and that's really chill. And um, it's a great seg into uh, Roger and. Uh, I enjoy that. Um, I, I, I'm a little blown away about how much people love this particular chalk dust, but it's cool. Do you want me um, to tell you why? You could, I, I want you to tell, I want you and, and Brad and Matt to tell me why, uh, because <laughs> that's cool. Um, I don't dislike it. I enjoyed listening to it today. I think there are these like fish jams that become these like blissful moments that are very organic in that they don't feel planned at all. Like I think the Providence Bowie peak is one of those. It's like, 
Sure. It just it just happened. I think this jam is one of those. I think the dicks undermined is one where like you don't I don't even know if they knew what was happening. And then suddenly they're like in this place. And I feel like this is just Trey is just like takes it into this takes it into outer space. And I think it's fucking awesome. That's all. I mean, I'm pretty sure Fishman like one of Fishman's kids was born to this jam. Like I, I, I remember he talked about they were laboring or they birthing to this particular song. I'm not kidding. Like yeah, I read about this somewhere. And and so I know I'm in the minority for like not like worshiping this, but it's good. I'm not knocking it. I, I think Matt. there's I think there's two things to it. One, you, you we were talking about uh, Trey and Mike. To me, the driving force here is really Fishman because Fishman like is just hammering away, and it's so early in the show. That's the other thing is like it's it's the second song. Second song. It goes yeah. fucking nuts. Um, I I would put two facts around it though in terms of like proof of it it's amazingness even if it's not your style which i think is what you're saying jonathan it's like musically it's not necessarily like what you would go to hear but in terms of like sort of like objective amazingness i would say something about this similar to what i said about the light that i picked which is like if you played this for somebody who was uninitiated they would probably think that the entire thing is a composed piece of music because it's that tight and seamless it does not sound like improvisation and I think the flip side to that, like from as an audience member, Trey has gone on record as this being one of his favorite fish jams of all time and the jam that he will play for non-fish fans uh, to show fish's power of like straying from a composed piece of music and just completely going in a different direction, but having it just like stick together and be like so fucking amazing and so tight. I get that, but I, I'm going to go ahead on the out on a limb and say Trey probably hasn't listened to as many fish shows as I have. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you think he's only listened to live fish releases? Yeah, he's probably hasn't like dialed in to like many... whatever's on Spotify. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, this seems to be the only fish shows out there. Like he should well, call like Charlie Dirksen and say, "What fish is good?" You know, like not even me. I'm not saying he should call me. I'm just saying he should be like he should reach out to a dude. It's the it's kidding. the perfect Trey hits the perfect notes at the perfect times here, and it's all so beautifully and organic, and it just every time, every time. Um, I like. I had like seven. I, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I liked that comment from Mike uh, on one of his Instagram live streams where he was like, "I listened to some '94 Fish, and now I understand why you guys think that period was so great." <laughs> right. It's so good. Jonathan, did you pick a jam? I did pick a jam. Would you Which like one? to hear about it? Yes. <laughs> I picked, um, yeah, I I went back to a year that is near and dear to my heart, 1994. I went to November 17th at Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio. Even though Ohio is a little bit dicey and, you know, as a place and the people who come from there, I went to this show. That is to say, I chose this show. I didn't actually go to it. Um, and I picked the slave to this traffic light from this show because holy shit. Like, so the thing about this is that there are probably a dozen versions or more of slave to the traffic light that could fit the bill here. But this is the version least, of fish. Right. Right. I mean, it's a great song. It's, it is a song in itself that inevitably, will, as I said earlier, like wrap me like a warm blanket on a cold night. You know, I it evokes emotional response from me as long as I don't 
fuck it up, frankly. Um, and and this, this version is going to be great. Is, Just don't fuck it up. <laughs> this version is really good. Like if you're going to look at slaves, this version is really good. Um, it breaks me down. It gives me chills. It, it makes me feel whole and happy. Um, if you listen to it, you, after the lyrics portion, you hear this heavy metal riffing from Trey on the breaks. And then and then contrast. You hear Mike plays a couple of notes. And then they just kind of hover in this space for a little while before Trey starts playing the, the licks that ascend and rise into towards the peak and god damn god damn it's a good version to me uh of a song that is often very good so i this is yeah that's why i picked this one i could have picked a number of them yeah i think this is maybe jonathan like uh would be number two on my list of of assumed fish songs that can be emotive, right? Harry Hood number one, maybe Slave number two. I don't, I don't know. Um, sure, but this one in particular is from that great little run, '94. Uh, we just did the review review of um, the latest Live Fish, right? Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it's like video in, chat. It's like insurance. Yeah, it's like insurance. We, we, we um, did the review. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's an Ohio accent yeah, for y'all, yep. in case you're wondering. So, um, <laughs> but we, um, that little uh, November 94 is a pretty epic month. This is the day after uh, the Chalk Dust from a Live one was played at Hill, yeah. right? Um, right. And uh, Dayton, Ohio, was, was, was my wife was 15 at the time. I don't think she was at this place, but she was in Dayton on this date. Anyway, but the song in particular, there's a lot... Mike and Fish for me, I think they're they're pretty heavy in that chalk dust, uh, the Camden chalk dust energy. But this, Mike and Fish in this particularly as well, um, they're they're playing off each other. Uh, Mike's kind of way up. Uh, he seems to be playing some you know higher notes, and, and and Fish really seems to be keeping keeping the tempo, keeping the pace as he always does. I don't know, uh, but and then and then you get there, you get there on that peak, that end. Whew, Brad, you you mentioned patience when talking about the cities, but mm-hmm. here's where the patience happens. Yeah. Like they could have just barreled right onto the peak, and it would have been fine and good. But holy cow, it's just the the space they give the middle section of the songs. RJ, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it gets really quiet, and I love just like it's it's a it's it's like the what's the use from 1994? You know, it was like yeah. this these quiet parts of slave. And w- when I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this sounds like a small place. And then I was looking back at the Hera Arena Wikipedia page, and um, there's just so much there that um, I-, I don't think we have time to go into. But it's a 5,500-seat venue, which is probably pretty common for that tour. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's on par. Seven. Yeah. It's kind of sm- some of the uh, – they were playing bigger rooms on this tour, but it's a good size room. It sure. just the 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 quietness and like the the building up to the peak is amazing, and I just want to say that the Hera Arena was originally the family owned fruit orchard of Harold and Ralph Wampler, <laughs> and they called it Hera because it's the H A uh, from Harold and, and Ralph. 
No, RA from Ralph. Yes. RA from Ralph. Yes. It's just amazing. I wish we could combine all the letters of our names and make an arena. <laughs> that's, um, well, that's they, so Ohio in the my good, mind. The good news is when they graduate, it'll be to the Nutter Center. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. The next the next year. Um and, and in, in twenty nineteen the Hair Arena was basically destroyed by a tornado. That's Sweet. the end. Matt, oh, that's, Matt, what, that's what you think of this slave? So yeah, it, it, so to kind of go back to what I was saying before, like um for me, like I wouldn't necessarily go to slave as like a feel good, happy kind of thing. Not no what? Dis- no disrespect to slave. I it love no slave. Sense. I think it's extremely powerful. But it makes you but sad. For what I would mm. go for, it's more of like a powerful moving experience than like a hey, I want to get happy kind of experience. But I will say my I understand why you would say that because of an experience that I had with slave uh shortly ago. Um I, you know, I meditate uh with headspace RJ. Yeah, you know, you I know, meditate. The same. Um and one of the things that is kind of in the toolkit of that is this like visualization technique where you um imagine like a pinpoint of sunlight in the middle of your body. And then like you visualize it like expanding throughout your body and like warming you up. And then like it goes past your body out into the world. And eventually it just sort of like takes over everything. And I, like when I started doing that stuff, I really, really struggled with this visualization. Like I would just like get distracted. I couldn't hold on to it, whatever. And last year in Mexico, not this past one that just happened, but um, 2019 Mexico, I had this experience where they were playing slave and like all of a sudden without even trying, I just like felt that experience. I just felt this like energy in the middle of my body that just started like growing and like expanding. And I, my whole body started buzzing and it like grew past me and it kind of taught me how to do this like meditation technique in the middle of slave, just like the way that slave gradually grew and exploded and took uh, over everything. So I, I can understand how you could use slave as a song to get there. It's not necessarily my thing, but like I, I have a, a much greater appreciation now for how that could be like an uplifting experience for sure. And I think it takes us uh, back to the, um, our discussion at the beginning, which was there's a lot of emotion in early fish. Right. And, and this is uh, maybe it wasn't as um, adult as it is now or whatever you want to say back when they were young. But I mean, there's clearly a ton of feelings in, in slave and slaves has been around a long time. Yeah, they they weren't writing songs like Miss You, but they were encoding some serious shit into songs like this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. See the city, see the zoo doesn't really like, you know, speak to me about my dead grandma or whatever but <laughs> this jam really like it opens my chakras or whatever it is that matt's talking about there it really like opens my heart it brings my emotions to the fore and and frankly i feel better after kind of after yeah. that kind of emergent after that wave has crashed over me after that whole experience has has passed through me uh, and you know i feel more in touch with myself and the universe and that is i'm no west coast hippie but that is about as out there as i get y'all so so (laughs) So. jonathan it sounds like at this point you were not one of those deadheads who was harping on like they got no soul man jerry has soul but like fish has no soul right 
or did did you or did you buy any I of will that? admit that in probably 1992 or whatever I probably said something like that but I but I didn't really understand fish at all at that point but within a couple of years by 94 I had a much better grasp and uh it was I was tuned in We hope that you feel good now everyone <laughs> they, well, well they don't feel don't good yet now, they didn't listen to it yet they they have yeah, to listen to music we're gonna play all that music for everybody <laughs> i know but i think they should feel good just based on yeah. your commentary just our lead up us, man. our lead up is incredible yeah we want yeah. you to be I happy it was, we want we you to be happy i thought it was pretty amazing jonathan our intent um Thank all right should we play music for these people we should play all of these songs in roughly the order that we described and everybody i hope you all hang with us and listen. If you're busy and like you can't right now, stop it. Your podcast app will remember where you stopped it and put it on later. What? No, it does. It's yeah, it'll cool be around. that. That's fucking crazy. It'll be, and you could listen to it over the course of the next two weeks until you, you know, our next episode comes out. So, um, like, we're here for you. And, it's true. Uh, and, well, and you know, we'll is, be doing yeah. our. I'm here for you. We'll be doing our live streams. Uh, Brad doesn't want to overcommit himself. Brad's Jesus out. Christ. He's busy. He's got stuff she going do, on. Man. He's trying to get his nails redone. <laughs> yeah, to the other house. You got to set up a whole second fucking pool and fill <laughs> yeah. it up, man. I mean, come get on. That's what you have up. to do. Don't forget about the second pool. Just empty the big pool every day and make the girls <laughs> fill it back up before they can swim. That'll fill up like the entire day, right? It, dude, it took me it's an hour to get the good thing activity. set up, man. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> But listen, this is um, we have we've we have we get lots of emails from listeners. Um, not a lot, but we get emails from listeners. And Sean, I've gotten one. Sean, <laughs> Sean Murtaugh, uh emailed and asked about music in our episodes, and um, we're doing it, man. This is it. This is for Sean. This is for you, Sean. For you, yeah. Sean. Yeah. And for me, because I'm a fan of music and episodes. Why are you, you trying to, to ruin Sean's podcast. moment, Jonathan? No, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm with you, bro. I'm not trying Sean, to step you, on man. it. Like, I'm, I'm right there, I'm sorry, Sean. arm in arm with Sean, because, like, I like I like my jams in my podcasts. We're going to get to some jams. All right, everyone. <laughs> Poor RJ, he's crying. Like, you That's guys it. can't see this, but he's literally crying. No, it's it. it's over. We're doing it, guys. Keep on rocking. <laughs> is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private environment. It's so convenient. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselors are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. There's 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's available worldwide. And you can communicate with them via text, chat, phone, or video. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, professional, and affordable. And best of all, it's even more affordable. Helping Friendly Podcast listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code HFPOD. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash HFPOD, fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and you can get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash HFPOD.
It's 2020, so it's time to leave some things behind from last year. What I'd like to leave behind is cleaning out my kid's guinea pig cage. But one thing I don't need to worry about is my wireless bill. My network coverage is better than ever because I switched to Mint Mobile. They can cut down your bill to 15 bucks a month for the same premium coverage you get with your existing carrier. I know what you're thinking, this is too good to be true, but they know what they're doing. Mint Mobile reimagined how you buy wireless and made it all online, passing the savings directly to you. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus 4G LTE. You can use your phone, keep your same phone number along with all your contacts, and if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash hfpod. That's mintmobile.com slash hfpod. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hfpod. Thanks, Mint Mobile. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. of London, small city, dark, dark in the daytime, people sleep, sleep in the daytime, if they want to, if they want to, I'm checking them out, I'm checking them out, I've got it figured out. Find yourself a city to live in. 
forget to mention Memphis, home of Elvis and the ancient Greeks. Do I smell? I smell home cooking. It's only the river. It's only the river. I'm checking them out. I'm checking them out.
Hello everybody, I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. Got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.